Hey everyone, welcome to The Flip Side with your hosts Chris and Sean. We're a podcast rambling about the interesting questions in the world of movement. Hey guys, welcome back to The Flip Side. Today we are talking about where we want to see tricking kind of go in the future. Uh, we kind of, well, I should say, I've kind of liked the way it's evolved a little bit over time, not completely. Uh, I know Chris has some pretty strong opinions of probably on where it is now and where it used to be and like where he would want it to go. Um, I like that it's starting to become more competitive to like give my point of view on things. I just don't 100% like the way it's structured yet. And I think it's, we've talked about this before. I think tricking is kind of in this weird phase where it doesn't, it's not like in a box yet. It's kind of figuring out where it's going to go. And it's kind of at this weird stage of like, it's going to go probably one of two paths. And I, I'm hoping it goes on a better path and not just like, oh, who, we care only about who's the best in the world. Like that's not all you should care about for tricking, but. What hey, are the two paths that you are thinking? I think it's either going to become kind of like martial arts or gymnastics in a way where there's like, levels to things and like there there'll be more structured competitions and not just like oh that guy did a really cool combo so he wins and like that's it right no like thought behind of like a point system or anything i think there's a path towards that we've talked about that before like a long time ago of like trying to create a point system for stuff we haven't talked about that in a long time but then the other side of it is more just complete freestyle and that there's no coherent structure like there's a structure to things of like there's probably like levels to stuff like uh like novice beginner intermediate advanced that kind of stuff so like there's somewhat of a tier but no structure of like 100 of how battles are one it's just kind of like a popularity contest Right. And it really is. And it's crazy because it's, it's weird to see someone throw down triple core combos and like high level, like big power tricks, and then have someone else do really complex connections. And then you go like, is that better? I don't actually know. Nobody actually knows. And I was also talking to Jeff about this the other day. It's really interesting where um, I mentioned this before, like, so my very first battle um, that I ever did, I was going in there and I couldn't, I could card dub, but like not very well, but I could cart or I could, I could double cork very easily. It was like, that was my biggest trick was double cork. I think yeah. I, actually, so my opening move for the battle was master scoot cork snappu because I, and it was my first one I ever landed. <laughs> I mean, actually, was like, <laughs> was like, you know what? Let's just open big. It's my first one. I got nothing to lose. I like, sent it, why not? it and I was like, guys whoa <laughs> nobody knew everyone was like oh wow what a dick he just opened up this <laughs> what guy a dick. they're like he would just open on this guy who can't double cork and i was like no i don't know what i'm doing i just did what i, I just thought. tried something I just, <laughs> yeah but uh but basically the conversation before um i was getting prepped for the battle i was talking to someone and they go they go okay so i, I go so if they do a double full if they do a cart dub do i do a cart dub back and then like combo it or like what do i like how do you play the game and they go no just double cork and i was like wait why and they go because it's harder and i go it's not harder for me and they go nobody knows that it's harder for everyone else and i was like whoa that's crazy and so now we're in this we're like i was like wait you're right <laughs> this is insane because <laughs> in my head i was like i should be pushing my limits in this battle yeah and they're telling me no you should be comfortable pushing his limits and you should do things he can't do, but you should do things you're very comfortable doing. I was like, that's a very interesting. interesting point of view. And it's like, it's obviously the correct point of view, and I don't know why I didn't see it, but it makes total sense. But yeah, it, it brings up this question of, okay, so does that mean that front swing is the same level of difficulty as backswing? Does that mean front swing combo chains should also exist in the same level as backswing combo chains? Right? Maybe. Mm. Right? I don't know. I think front swing combos are probably a little bit trickier because of the carry. I agree, but how much more do people train backswing combos? Oh, everybody trains backswing combos. It's only started immediately. You learn it immediately, and it's in every single combo, no matter what level you're at. 
once you get to front swings, you're like, oh, well, now I'm intermediate. I'm going to start working front swings. But there is no rule saying that you cannot start doing front swings immediately. And there are low enough level skills that you can start training it immediately. And kicks come out forwards in mega. And B-kick can come out in semi just as easily. And it doesn't come out incomplete. So it's the only thing that comes out incomplete is the setups, which are actually harder to learn than the base skills, which don't come out incomplete, which is like, so it's really interesting to think that we learn swings first. So this is just making this new complex thing of like, what's that? I think it's just more comfortable. And that's the reason. I think it's, I think you're right. I think it's more comfortable. It's also cooler. (laughs) So there's that. (laughs) To the outsider's perspective, maybe, but when you know what's going on, you're like, oh my God, did he really just like front swing combo, like the whole thing and like just connected everything going forwards? Like that's nuts and tricking. Yes. Like absolutely nuts. It is nuts. And like when you have the eye for it, you're like, what? But yeah, I mean, that's basically where I'm at is like, where do I want to see the sport go? I think, I think step one is like you said, making some sort of tier system and be like almost like a belt system so that people have checkpoints because if they don't have checkpoints, then you just feel like a loser. You're like, oh, well, I'm not in the top best, you know, like I'm not, you know, competitively, you know, relevant, but if you are relevant in your, in your belt system in your category then that gives you some sense of purpose that gives you some sense of like okay i'm doing good i'm hitting my check marks i'm hitting all these points and i'm like moving up the ladder whether that's the ladder of everyone else or if it's just the ladder of yourself and like if you don't have like a sheet to go off of and be like oh i am improving then i just feel like you're not actually visibly seeing progress you have no actual structure and i think the structure needs to be built from a sports perspective not from an internal person's perspective. I think people are getting lost and going on these really weird routes. So I think that that is going to be step one. And then also like actually giving not a point value, but like a true structure to the path that you learn the skills on. So like, yes, that would be in the bill structure, but also like I just built one that we posted not long ago on the Instagram. And it was like, I did put front swings in intermediate, but then I had that conversation with Jeff and I was like, maybe it should be in the beginning. So it's like this weird thing. Okay, how hard are skills for real? How hard? Like nobody really knows because everyone has like a little niche. So I think that yeah. co- it put coaches it puts coaches in a really odd spot because they're going, I don't even know what to teach you <laughs> because like, and then we don't have checkpoints. We don't know what intermediate even looks like. So that's true. It's there's this kind of like weird thing where like you're almost considered a beginner until you can dub, <laughs> like dub to trip there's pretty much just like, cool, you're a beginner. And then you're just not a beginner. And like, right. there's no definition or like understanding of like, what is like truly intermediate. It's just like, okay, if you can't dub yet, you suck. If you can dub, great, everybody can dub. And then once you start, <laughs> like, okay, like you're actually kind of something. And it's like, that doesn't make any sense. It's super accurate. Yeah, you feel like a loser forever. The grind and the learning curve is so aggressive, and I don't think that it needs to be. I think if we have checkpoints in place, then the learning curve will be a lot smaller. We'll lose a lot less people. We'll gain a lot more people. People will want to stick around for the sport, and it also gives hobbyists a chance to stay with the sport. I think that yeah. it pushes a lot of people who aren't uh, – either you're, like, full bent on, like, doing your best or – you kind of got to get out. And I feel like that's the point it's at right now. And I don't want it to have to be like that. And even if people don't feel like that, it looks like that. I still think it looks like that from an outsider's perspective. We're like, okay, what are you doing then? Because people will be like, okay, how good are you at this sport? And, you know, if you tell them, yeah, you're like, I'm essentially like professional athlete tier, but like, there's not actually anyone paying me or whatever. And then people go, okay, what level are you at? And you're like working on single course. Boku, 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 boku. Boku, boku. And it's like, okay, well, but what does that mean even? You know, like, so then why are you doing it? Like if they're from an outsider's perspective and from a beginner's perspective, without those points, it just all feels so pointless. It's just, yeah. yes, it's movement, but like you, the whole point of life to me is like progression and purpose and the sport doesn't have that it it has no structure to allow it um so that's what i want to see and the next thing that i want to talk about is like the mini game aspect we kind of talked about this beforehand but the best way i can explain this is it's it's the same idea as like a point system where 
not not a point system, but like a belt system, like a ranking system. Yeah. So you do like a mini game style thing where it's almost like a circus or like a festival where it's like, okay, so say you walk into like a tricking festival and there's someone that's at each mini game in this circus and you go, okay, I'm going to do this. And then you go up and you compete in this little mini game of like, oh, let's see swing chain creativity. And then you go to this other thing. It's like, let's see hand plan creativity. Let's see like kicking extraordinaires, like these little mini niches inside tricking that allow you to like be good at something besides just the best. So it kind of allows you to get a niche. And I think that if we pushed that, it would also just bring more happiness. I think that's what like tricking is lacking. I think that's why it's going in like more of a toxic direction. Um, uh, like it, it's just, it's getting so interpersonal and it, it just needs to be a sport. I think it, it's yes. too much. And then when it becomes to the sport aspect then people go, okay, it's just a sport. And then it goes right back to the toxicity because it's like, well, I can't compete with the power tricks. I can't do a double full snafu snafu. Like I can't do that. So yes, that's a thing that I see. So like, like what? So if you can't do that, what do you do? You just go to the session, you hang out, you do basics. Okay. But what if there was just a little bit of a level just above that? Would you push? Probably. If there was a mini game that you could do on the side, would you do that? Probably. So I think it like adding these small things to the sport to give people something to work towards to push them just a little bit more and then just a little bit more that's what's going to make the sport a better thing and going to recreate that community feeling um that i think is lacking big time okay so that's interesting so it would be so you're saying like mini game is like mini competitions where it's focused more on like different styles of tricking where it's like okay for this competition it's more of like touchdown skills for this competition it's more of like specific types of kick skills for or like this. you need a breakdancing skill in every single combo that you do a pass in Ooh, okay something like so, that yeah, and- I you, okay i mean i would do that like so if there were if there were more regulated competitions where they do kind of like a side competition like okay you have to build this combo with a breakdancing skill a kick skill and a power skill thrown in there somewhere but it has to be one combo it yeah. can't be like in three combos it has to be in one combo all of these skills have to exist and or like an even easy. simpler version of that you could do like tricking bingo and like have like a have like five people on the floor and you have to get bingo and you have to hit the tricks in a, in a row or whatever or you could do like um and like depending on who gets the most rows or the most blackouts um you could even play a game of tricks so like literally playing add-on or playing horse yeah. against somebody. Like, why is that not sanctioned? Like, why do we only care about battles? Why is it not like a mini game version? Like, why do we not play the games that we play with friends in the gym in a competition setting? I feel like that would be amazing. I feel like that would be like an interesting version of competition also. I think that would be like a It'd different- be more fun. Yeah, it, it would be just- There could be battles, there could be like- uh, like a trick off in a way is like saying, I mean, that's kind of what battling is, but like if you're doing it like horse or like, okay, I do this now you have to try, like you have to do it. And like, you kind of go back and forth and that's kind of like a trick off kind of thing of like the first person to miss it loses or something like that. Like, I understand where you're coming from. That, that would be a new version of competition. I think that would be interesting. And then the but last, the-, the last thing would be like tricking bounty. You've seen that, right? Yeah. They hosted a gathering and it was kind of the same idea, um, just done differently, where they basically had tricking battles, but it was bounty based. So I believe that they had the audience submit tricks that they wanted to see. And then the first person to land the trick or the connection or whatever was submitted um, got the, they actually got paid money. <laughs> but like they would, the audience would be like, they would pay money. It would be like five bucks. They'd be like, I want to see this trick. And then, and then people would like add to it if they wanted to see it. So like, say the trigger's really hard and it was like snatch cannon, it'd be like five bucks to snatch cannon. N- nobody's doing it. Maybe some people are sending it. No one's landed it. And then people forget about it and move on because there's other submissions. So they're trying to hit those. And then people add more money. They go, okay, now it's snatch cannons up to $50. People are like shit. Uh, like, like, you know? right, like so that kind of thing. It's kind of cool. Like, um, it wouldn't have to be money based. I, lo- I mean, it's crazy that they can do that. But um, yeah, yeah, it could just be the same concept. Or and then they did battles where I think that they drew. Um, or even this is what we did with uh people back in Wisconsin. We did this thing where we put tricks in a hat and then um we gave it to the opponent and then we did a tricking battle and it was a combo. So it was like, okay, what's a combo I can do? 
that they can't do. And so we, so we would write a combo that I can do that I don't think my opponent can do. And we would put all the combos in a hat and then we both draw one. And it's like, hopefully I draw my combo because I can do it. But if he draws my combo, he's going to struggle with it. So we, so that's another cool idea. Just like things like that in the Trigon community would be fantastic. And I would love to implement it. And actually I have this, I have that Saturday session. Shit, I might have to start doing it. So yeah, we'll like, see. Because that would be really interesting to see at gatherings of like, all right, like let's have like 10 audience members or like you come up with like three combos and your opponent comes up with three combos and you just throw them in the hat. You just like hope for the best. Yeah. And like see who succeeds the most. And you that's essentially you get three passes and see if you can land all three. If you can't, then you have to hope that your opponent lands less. And like exactly. whoever lands the most wins. So yeah. like that it was pretty interesting. Okay. Think, hey, if you I enjoy our content like, and you want to show some support, make sure you follow us on Spotify and Instagram. Our Instagram tag is the underscore flip underscore side underscore podcast. Make sure to go on there. Just shout out like old episodes that you liked, anything about the new episodes. You can comment on any of them. We would really appreciate it. And if you do end up wanting to go a step further, just become a supporter. All you have to do is follow the link in the description in any of our episodes that we've published. And you can also go under the about section in our Spotify homepage. You can do as little as 99 cents a month. Any amount that you guys support us is going to help us build a better podcast and help build better trickers around the world. Hey guys, welcome back to the flip side. Today we are talking about where we want to see tricking kind of go in the future. Uh, we kind of, well, I should say I've kind of liked the way it's evolved a little bit over time, not completely. Uh, I know Chris has some pretty strong opinions of probably on where it is now and where it used to be and like where he would want it to go. Um, I like that it's starting to become more competitive to like give my point of view on things. I just don't 100% like the way it's structured yet. And I think it's, we've talked about this before. I think tricking is kind of in this weird phase where it doesn't, it's not like in a box yet. It's kind of figuring out where it's going to go. And it's kind of at this weird stage of like, it's going to go probably one of two paths. And I, I'm hoping it goes on a better path and not just like, oh, who, we care only about who's the best in the world. Like that's not, all you should care about for tricking but what hey, are the two paths that you are thinking i think it's either going to become kind of like martial arts or gymnastics in a way where there's like levels to things and like there there'll be more structured competitions and not just like oh that guy did a really cool combo so he wins and like that's it right no like thought behind of like a point system or anything i think there's a path towards that we've talked about that before like a long time ago of like trying to create a point system for stuff we haven't talked about that in a long time but then the other side of it is more just complete freestyle and that there's no coherent structure like there's a structure to things of like there's probably like levels to stuff like uh like novice beginner intermediate advanced that kind of stuff so like there's somewhat of a tier but no structure of like 100 of how battles are won it's just kind of like a popularity contest right and it really is and it's crazy because it's it's weird to see someone throw down triple core combos and like high level like big power tricks and then have someone else do really complex connections and then you go like is that better i don't actually no nobody actually knows and no. i was also talking to jeff about this the other day it's really interesting where um i mentioned this before like so my very first battle um that i ever did i was going in there and i couldn't i could card dub but like not very well but i could cart or i could i could double cork very easily it was like that was my biggest trick was double cork I think yeah. I, actually so my opening move for the battle was master scoot cork snapu because uh, and it was my first one I ever landed. <laughs> I mean, actually, was like, you know what? Let's just open big. It's my first one. I got nothing to lose. I sent it, it and I was like, guys, whoa. <laughs> nobody knew. Everyone was like, oh, wow, what a dick. He just opened up this <laughs> what guy. A dick. They're like, he just opened on this guy who can't double cork. And I was like, no, I don't know what I'm doing. I just did what it I just tried something. I just, <laughs> yeah. But, um, but basically the conversation before um, I was getting prepped for the battle, I was talking to someone and they go, they go, okay. So I, I go, so if they do a double full, if they do a cart dub, I do a cart dub back 
and then like combo it or like what do i like how do you play the game and they go no just double cork and i was like wait why and they go because it's harder and i go it's not harder for me and they go nobody knows that it's harder for everyone else and i was like whoa that's crazy and so now we're in this we're like i was like wait you're right. <laughs> this is insane. Because <laughs> in my head, I was like, I should be pushing my limits in this battle. Yeah. And they're telling me, no, you should be comfortable pushing his limits. And you should do things he can't do, but you should do things you're very comfortable doing. I was like, that's a very interesting. interesting point of view. And like, it's obviously the correct point of view, and I don't know why I didn't see it, but it makes total sense. But yeah, it, it brings up this question of, okay, so does that mean that front swing is the same level of difficulty as backswing? Does that mean front swing combo chains should also exist in the same level as backswing combo chains? Right? Maybe. Right? I don't know. I think front swing combos are probably a little bit trickier because of the character. I agree. But how much more do people train backswing combos? Oh, everybody trains backswing combos. It's only you learn started it immediately. <sighs> you learn it immediately, and it's in every single combo, no matter what level you're at. Once you get to front swings, you're like, oh, well, now I'm intermediate. I'm going to start working front swings. But there is no rule saying that you cannot start doing front swings immediately. And there are low enough level skills that you can start training it immediately. And kicks come out forwards in mega. And B-kick can come out in semi just as easily. And it doesn't come out incomplete. So it's the only thing that comes out incomplete is the setups, which are actually harder to learn than the base skills, which don't come out incomplete, which is like, so it's really interesting to think that we learn swings first. So this is just making this new complex thing of like, what's that? I think it's just more comfortable. And that's the reason. I think it's, I think you're right. I think it's more comfortable. It's also cooler. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> to the outsider's perspective, maybe. But when you know what's going on, you're like, oh my God, did he really just like front swing combo, like the whole thing and like just connected everything going forwards? Like that's nuts and tricking. Yes. Like absolutely nuts. It is nuts. And like when you have the eye for it, you're like, what? But yeah, I mean, that's basically where I'm at is like, where do I want to see the sport go? I think, I think step one is like you said, making some sort of tier system and be like almost like a belt system so that people have checkpoints because if they don't have checkpoints, then you just feel like a loser. You're like, oh, well, I'm not in the top best, you know, like I'm not, you know, competitively, you know, relevant, but if you are relevant in your, in your belt category. system in your category then that gives you some sense of purpose that gives you some sense of like okay i'm doing good i'm hitting my check marks i'm hitting all these points and i'm like moving up the ladder whether that's the ladder of everyone else or if it's just the ladder of yourself and like if you don't have like a sheet to go off of and be like oh i am improving then i just feel like you're not actually visibly seeing progress you have no actual structure and i think the structure needs to be built from a sports perspective not from an internal person's perspective. I think people are getting lost and going on these really weird routes. So I think that that is going to be step one. And then also like actually giving not a point value, but like a true structure to the path that you learn the skills on. So like, yes, that would be in the bill structure, but also like, I just built one that we posted not long ago on the Instagram. And it was like, I did put front swings in intermediate, but then I had that conversation with Jeff and I was like, maybe it should be in the beginning. So it's like this weird thing. Okay, how hard are skills for real? How hard? Like nobody really knows because everyone has like a little niche. So I think that yeah. co- it put coaches it puts coaches in a really odd spot because they're going, I don't even know what to teach you <laughs> because like, and then we don't have checkpoints. We don't know what intermediate even looks like. So that's true. It's there's this kind of like weird thing where like you're almost considered a beginner until you can dub, <laughs> like dub to trip there's pretty much just like, cool, you're a beginner, and then you're just not a beginner. And like, right. There's no definition or like understanding of like what is like truly intermediate. It's just like, okay, if you can't dub yet, you suck. If you can dub, great, everybody can dub. And then once you start, <laughs> like, okay, like you're actually kind of something. And it's like, that doesn't make any sense. It's super accurate. Yeah, you feel like a loser forever. The grind and the learning curve is so aggressive 
And I don't think that it needs to be. I think if we have checkpoints in place, then the learning curve will be a lot smaller. We'll lose a lot less people. We'll gain a lot more people. People will want to stick around for the sport. And it also gives hobbyists a chance to stay with the sport. I think that it pushes a lot of people who aren't uh, either you're like full bent on like doing your best or you kind of got to get out. And I feel like that's the point that it's at right now. And I don't want it to have to be like that. And even if people don't feel like that, it looks like that. I still think it looks like that from an outsider's perspective. We're like, okay, what are you doing then? Because people will be like, okay, how good are you at this sport? And, you know, if you tell them, yeah, you're like, I'm essentially like professional athlete tier, but like there's not actually anyone paying me or whatever. And then people go, okay, what level are you at? And you're like working on single course and you're like, oh, you know, whatever. And it's like, okay, well, what does that mean even? You know, like, so then why are you doing it? Like if they're from an outsider's perspective and from a beginner's perspective, without those points, it just all feels so pointless. It's just, yes, it's movement, but like you, the whole point of life to me is like progression and purpose. And the sport doesn't have that. It it has no structure to allow it. Um, So that's what I want to see. And the next thing that I want to talk about is like the mini game aspect. We kind of talked about this beforehand, but the best way I can explain this is it's it's the same idea as like a point system where not not a point system but like a belt system like a ranking system so you do like a mini game style thing where it's almost like a circus or like a festival where it's like okay so say you walk into like a tricking festival and there's someone that's at each mini game in this circus and you go okay i'm gonna do this and then you go up and you compete in this little mini game of like oh let's see swing chain creativity and then you go to this other thing it's like let's see hand plant creativity let's see like kicking extraordinaires like these little mini niches inside tricking that allow you to like be good at something besides just the best. So it kind of allows you to get a niche. And I think that if we pushed that, it would also just bring more happiness. I think that's what like tricking is lacking. I think that's why it's going in like more of a toxic direction. Um, uh, Like it's just, it's getting so interpersonal and it it just needs to be a sport. I think it's too much. And then when it becomes to the sport aspect, then people go, okay, it's just a sport. And then it goes right back to the toxicity because it's like, well, I can't compete with the power tricks. I can't do a double full snafu snafu. Like, I can't do that. So <laughs> yes, that's a thing that I see. <laughs> so like, like, what? So if you can't do that, what do you do? You just go to the session, you hang out, you do basics. Okay, but what if there was just a little bit of a level just above that? Would you push? Probably. If there was a mini game that you could do on the side, would you do that? Probably. So I think, it, like adding these small things to the sport to give people something to work towards, to push them just a little bit more. And then just a little bit more, that's what's going to make the sport a better thing and going to recreate that community feeling um, that yeah. I think is lacking big time. Okay. So that's interesting. So it would be, so you're saying like mini game is like mini competitions where it's focused more on like different styles of tricking where it's like, yes. okay, for this competition, it's more, of like touchdown skills for this competition it's more of like specific types of kick skills for or like this. you need a breakdancing skill in every single combo that you do a pass in Ooh, okay something like so, that yeah, and- I would, okay i mean i would do that like so if there were if there were more regulated competitions where they do kind of like a side competition like okay you have to build this combo with a breakdancing skill a kick skill and a power skill thrown in there somewhere but it has to be one combo it yeah. can't be like in three combos it has to be in one combo all of these skills have to exist and or like an even easy. simpler version of that you could do like tricking bingo and like have like a have like five people on the floor and you have to get bingo and you have to hit the tricks in a, in a row or whatever or you could do like um and like depending on who gets the most rows or the most blackouts um you could even play a game of tricks so like literally playing add-on or playing horse yeah. against somebody. Like, why is that not sanctioned? Like, why do we only care about battles? Why is it not like a mini game version? Like, why do we not play the games that we play with friends in the gym in a competition setting? I feel like that would be amazing. I feel like that would be like an interesting version of competition also. I think that would be like a It'd different- It'd be more style. fun. Yeah, it would be just- There could be battles. There could be like- uh like a trick off in a way is like saying i mean that's kind of what battling is but like if you're doing it like horse 
we're like, okay, I do this. Now you have to try, like, you have to do it. And like, you kind of go back and forth. And that's kind of like a trick off kind of thing of like the first person to miss it loses or something like that. Like, I understand where you're coming from. That, that would be a new version of competition. I think that would be interesting. And then the, the last, the last thing would be like tricking bounty. You've seen them, right? Yeah. They hosted a gathering and it was kind of the same idea, um, just done differently where they basically had tricking battles, but it was bounty based. So I believe that they had the audience submit tricks that they wanted to see. And then the first person to land the trick or the connection or whatever was submitted, um, got the, they actually got paid money, <laughs> but like they would, the audience would be like, they would pay money. It would be like five bucks. They'd be like, I want to see this trick. And then, and then people would like add to it if they wanted to see it. So like, say the trigger's really hard. And it was like snatch cannon, It'd be like five bucks to snatch cannon. N nobody's doing it. Maybe some people are sending it. No one's landed it. And then people forget about it and move on because there's other submissions. So they're trying to hit those. And then people add more money. They go, okay, now it's snatch cans up to $50. People are like shit. Uh, like, like, you know? right, like so that kind of thing. It's kind of cool. Like, um, it wouldn't have to be money based. I like. I mean, it's crazy that they can do that. But um, yeah, yeah, it could just be the same concept. Or and then they did battles where I think that they drew. Um, or even this is what we did with uh people back in Wisconsin. We did this thing where we put tricks in a hat and then um we gave it to the opponent and then we did a tricking battle and it was a combo. So it was like, okay, what's a combo I can do? That they can't do and so we and so we would write a combo that i can do that i don't think my opponent can do and we would put all the combos in a hat and then we both draw one and it's like hopefully i draw my combo because i can do it but if he draws my combo he's going to struggle with it so we so that's another cool idea just like things like that in the trim community would be fantastic and i would love to implement it and actually i have this i have that saturday session Shit, i might have to start doing it so yeah we'll like, see because that would be really interesting to see at gatherings of like all right like let's have like 10 audience members or like you come up with like three combos and your opponent comes up with three combos and you just throw them in the hat and you just like hope for the best yeah and like see who succeeds the most and you that's essentially you get three passes and see if you can land all three if you can't then you have to hope that your opponent lands less and like exactly. whoever lands the most wins so yeah. like that it was pretty interesting because okay. i think i think just like blood curdling regular battle style that we have right now it's just it's like a bit much <laughs> i think it's like it's unregulated there's no point system i love it but there needs to be more and um yeah. if you've heard of king of the floor that's also like the same idea um that's going on right now um that's tricking bingo is king of the floor Oh, so basically okay. they hand out the, they hand out this list and you basically submit every trick that you do, you submit it to their store, like to the, you send it to them in their DM and they put it on their story. Once you are on their story, nobody else can do it. It's like actually taken off the list and the per, and each one is worth a certain amount of points. And then whoever gets the most points by the end wins. So you have to be quick and you have to get the most because if someone else takes it, you can't take it, but there's so many things and there are certain things that are worth way more points. So that's how you get it done so it's kind of like tricking bingo uh that's a cool way to do it um but yeah i think more stuff like that and those are the things that people love the most people love king of the floor and uh was it people love the tricking bounty stuff and i think we just we need it to expand and we need more of it and we need more ideas along those lines i think that's going to keep the community happy i mean i remember i was in like kind of a tricky drought and then tricking bounty came up and i was like wow that's super exciting and i did it for a while but then i kind of yeah, I started doing it. It was great, but then I kind of fell away from it. But it, but the the style of stuff that they uh, that they made me start doing and the style of training that that I was forced to implement because of them stuck. And now I like train differently because of it. And I'm like, it is it's more exciting to trick because I will come up with basically my own bounties. I'm like, oh, this is a trick I haven't done in a while, and I'll like try to make a combo with it. And boom, that's I just you know it's not for anything but myself, but it's the same idea, and I'm just using it for myself. So. It keeps me happy and it should, you know, but we should have stuff like that, please. <laughs> and I feel like a thing that I want to see, I don't know, this could just be me, but more because I don't see it that much, but like classes or a way that's more streamlined into quote unquote being competitive. Because like once they come up with a tier system, okay, when does it start like being competitive? Like, when does that actually start? So right. having an idea of where that starts and then having a way to, quote unquote, move towards that way and not just be like the hobbyist who like drops in is like, okay, well, I'm going to try this. Like, you can still do that, but there should be like a more direct path of 
not just I feel like adrenaline worldwide is like the only thing that I know of that's just like the competitive side of it beyond just like going to gatherings and like hoping that people are there that are right it's really funny um and like when I went to Neo uh he was like okay we're doing battles but it's invite only I was invited but um (laughs) besides besides the fact that I just have to toot my own horn because I didn't battle I just wanted to make that clear um but yeah it's like it's really odd that I was invited um because then other people were invited and I go like okay but they're invited because I guess they were scouted during the open session maybe or like I don't know but like if there was some sort of belt system to be like these battles are going on or like why can't we do like okay you want the high level trickers to be the main event whatever like okay let's have them battle at this time but then shouldn't there be like some more obscure hours to allow like the other ones to battle so that they're not taking up the floor but they still get that experience and they can move up or like or like oh battles for this level of of people are and that's why we only have high level battles because it's very difficult to be like oh, like, you're kind of his skill level, you're kind of his skill level. It's like, no, we just want the high level people because it's just, it's otherwise it's too complicated. Like, and yeah. if someone gets crushed and, and someone doesn't and, and maybe it's just not as fun to watch. Like, it's really hard to get that proper lineup. Um, like, some of the lowest low level battles, those are my favorite to watch. I love watching people push their limits and, like, knowing that there's that next level because, like, you watch someone really high level and you're like, okay, cheat 12, vanish 9, hyper, card full, G-switch, triple cork. That's fucked. But at the same time, you're like, he couldn't have done that better versus watching a lower level person and them like gradually evolving during the thing and being like, oh, yeah, cheat nine hook, sideswipe, cart full D-leg. And then the opponent throws like a cart dub and they're like, you know what? And then they combo cart dub and you're like, whoa. And then he's hyped because he's like, I didn't think I could do that. You're like that to me is a yeah. So because you knew that he had the next level to achieve, but you don't see that in a high level battle. In a high level battle, they're doing it because they know they can do it. And they might push their limits, but it's like mm, on a good day, he'd land that, you know? And it's not yeah. like that in the in the lower level tricky battles. Like you are watching someone sure. evolve and like you can it's also fun to like see the gaps in their ability where you're like, that didn't work because of this, but I know he can do it, you know? And they're like you're yeah, just rooting. Give, give him another like couple weeks and all of a sudden he's gonna be like throwing that skill like all the time. Right. I just love seeing that. So yeah. Um I have yeah. another what else, where else do you want to see it go? Yeah. Uh, coaching. Yeah. I know that's like controversial. I feel, I feel like for like the tricking community in general, because it's supposed to be so free form, but imagine like, let's say tomorrow, Michael show, say Zen, uh, like you for some reason, uh, Jeff, Levi just retire yeah and I'm like I just want to like build up the next generation and that's what I want to do I'm not going to trick anymore I'm not going to compete and I just want to coach the next like group or like the next generation to like be There we go. Okay. So saying that like the best trickers all of a sudden retired and we're just, they, they literally just want to teach tricking now. They don't want to compete anymore. They're just like, I'll kind of do it as a hobby. Like I'll keep up with certain things, but it's definitely not going to be at the level that I want to be like that I was at. And they just want to build up the next generation. Like that's kind of what coaching is, is like, part of it is like those people that can't do it anymore potentially and they just want to teach it or they just want to be in that environment and like help progress the next generation of like try to push the sport even higher like imagine how many more people would be doing triple court potentially just getting a slight amount of coaching or like doing more high level combos or like getting skills quicker just because there's that extra eye and it's not just like a friend being like Oh yeah, that was good. Just like do it like that again. Like, no, like they have like different knowledge of like different understanding of how the skill works, what skills lead into it. It's not just like hopefully one person's opinion. It's a guy who's done a lot of those skills or like understands all of these movements in general. It can actually give you correct tips and not well, just like 
and that's the so let me just say this we actually talked about this from your point of view previously we were talking about gymnastics and the girls saying like okay i'm in i'm in class i'm learning these things but i'm struggling with these things and you go that's because you're not doing it outside of class you need to get stronger you need to work on these you need the rest yeah. this is the same thing that i'm doing in um in jujitsu and muay thai I go to class and they're like, go, 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 learn this technique. I learn the technique. I leave class and I go, it kind of makes sense. And then I get into a rolling situation. And I'm like, what was it again? And I like kind of half know it. And then I get into it. And I'm like, okay, there, I got it. But like, it takes me a second and it shouldn't take me a second. That's the issue. It shouldn't take me a second. And like, I'm doing, I'm doing like, say I'm boxing. Right. And I like, I'm throwing a punch. I'm like, I throw the punch and I go, oh wait, I forgot to cover my, the side of my head with my shoulder. The small things, because in class, it's so go, go, go that I don't get a time to sit aside and be like, okay, I need to study. And, and that's what, that's what the coaching is. The coaching is like, that's your study time. And then outside of study time, that's when you get to go, go, go. It's like reverse and tricking. So like you, so, or maybe it is not, maybe, maybe the coach is telling you, go, go, go. This is what you're working on. And then you leave the coach and you go, okay, these are the skills that I want to improve on. And then I'll go back to the coach during coaching time. And then he'll help me with them. Like, what am I missing from these connections that I started? So it could be like, oh, I'm trying to do this connection. Like, can you tell me like, if this part feels off, if you watch it, would you be able to tell me? Cause like, I've watched it on video. Like, I think it's this, but I'm not sure. Is there a different way I could do the setup or is there a different way that I could lift my leg? Is it just the chamber? Is it like that I'm leaning too much? And they could usually pinpoint it and be like, okay, your body should feel like this when you're coming out of this skill, which means you need to like push off your hands differently. Cause like some people just don't grasp that. Right. And they don't know what to change. They go, what body shape? You're like, it's not body shape. Just push it with your fingertips. And you're like, oh shit. (laughs) It's like, whoa, is that so I just never would have thought of that. For so many tumbling skills, you tell me small things. I'm like, oh, like I didn't even (laughs) think to flex my butt on the exit of my round off. Like the smallest little thing. I'm like, wow, it feels so much better. And like, so, but yeah, that's the thing is it doesn't need to envelop tricking. These small changes can be implemented. And guess what? If you don't like it at all, you can just keep doing what you're doing. And if you do like it, you get to be involved. And that's what's so great about it is like, and the coaching, it's not taking over. It's not like, it's not like you're either coached or you're not a tricker. You could still totally be a tricker. You just, you know, you're a homebrew tricker, (laughs) you know, that's totally fine. And then there's, there's, there's a a resilience to that. You know, there's like a great feeling to being a homebrew tricker. That's what I am. But at the same time, I wish that I would have had that chance to go into a gym and be like, wow, if I had someone telling me what to do on top of having the knowledge that I have, I would have been able to get way farther before I peaked. <laughs> yeah. And that's like, that's the thing is like looking back on it when tricking, like when I think, when I learned what tricking was, when I met you, I was like, huh, it is just like a wild game of just like who can do stuff and who can't like, there is no it's crazy. Oh, there's, a, there's like a, a more correct way to learn this or like an easier way to learn this. And then there's just, I'm going to crash a million times until I land it. But do you like, know what's insane though? What was the most fun about you coming over to my house to train? Well, just doing stuff, <laughs> but do, doing stuff, but we played the fucking games. Yeah, we that's did, true. you know, we would, we would go out in the grass and we would, we would drill stuff. That's part of yeah. it. We would throw back information at each other. That was fun. But on the trampoline, we would just play, we would play out like crazy. You would challenge us to try tricks. Even if it wasn't game structured, the whole thing was a game to us. We yeah. You know, we weren't there to work. We were there to just have a good time. And it was just a big game. So we, if we can that's figure true. out what those pieces are and make sure that people are in, implementing that in the training and in tricking, because that's what tricking should be. It should be a sport. It should be a game. You know, it shouldn't be, you know, like a bloodbath. It's not, it's not what it is. And it's not, and it's also, I, I'm now I'm leaning into this thing where I'm like, tricking can be a lifestyle without being what you think a lifestyle is. A lifestyle in tricking is not, a lifestyle in tricking is not living, well, it can be, but to me, it's not living in a tricker house, living, breathing, tricking, and you know, not really working that much, making, just getting all your gains, owning a trampoline and a spring floor and calling it good. Like that's not living, breathing, tricking. That's not, you know, tricking as a lifestyle. Tricking as a lifestyle would be like, you know, going to your job, coming home, going to tricking for three hours and then coming back home, finish up your stretches, whatever, uh, 
drilling that you want to get done done and then that's a lifestyle and like yeah. competing having a belt system having something to work towards that makes it a lifestyle not just living in that and nothing else not just existing in tricking that's just awkwardness and then it becomes like this weird interpersonal thing which i think is what's happening and i don't like it <laughs> and maybe it works for everyone but it doesn't work for me and it's making it's just making a lot of awkward things happen and i just don't like it <laughs> I understand where you're coming from. I think there should be a difference between like a strict competitive side and like making it of like a different like fun side. Like I feel like there should be like those really strict competitions of like they are just blasting out tricks and it is like balls to the wall is nuts, which is where the belt system would come in handy or like figuring out that tier system because like you know what you're coming into like right. this is the level where like they are like they're totally have the ability to sign up yeah and it's like you know what you're walking into like these are the people like if you're at like the if we give it like a, a pseudo name like a, a legend rank or like world rank or whatever the hell it would be like you know these guys are probably training three hours a day like doing crazy things and like their mindset is like okay cool yeah i go to work I do my stuff, but like when I'm there to train, like I'm there training hard and I'm doing more turns than anybody else, or I'm taking X amount of turns of like really doing these high level skills. And then there's the people who could be like, yeah, like I love tricking, but I know I'm not going to be at that level and that's fine, but I still want to compete. But right. I know I don't want to compete against them. Right. Because craziness. And it gives it, yeah, it just gives everyone that opportunity. Something else that I want to mention really quick is that. I have people complain to me about the way that sessions are structured. So because open gym exists, um, that's the only time we get to train. So yes. what happens is you get these people who are and they show up to the open gym and they go, I just want to be here. I enjoy the people. I enjoy the, like using trampoline. I enjoy using the tumble track and the floor, but I use the floor the same way I use the trampoline. That's fine. But they're also now intermingled with these people who are trying to do like they're trying to combo car full snapped up. It's just like, how do you play the hard music and have someone who's trying to have just a good time and do funny skills and play with their friends, do that thing that we used to do at home. So like the thing that you, you and I did when you would come over, we would just kind of bullshit. We would be like, have fun. We work on Cody's, whatever. We'd go to the grass, work on skills that like aren't that relevant, but help us. And then we go to the session and we throw that. We had a place where we could have that fun, but for them going to the open session, that's the place where they have the fun. So now it creates this awkward thing where it's like, now we're competing, like who gets the floor? Obviously the more aggressive person, which is the competitor. So now they're kind of pushed out of the scene. But if we do allow for the competition and we do allow for a bell ringing system and we do allow for coaching and we give them an outlet, then they, everybody gets to use open gym as a fun time. Yeah, because then they can use open gym and like the session as just like, cool like this is my fun space and then they go to like the coaching session or like the coach the right. coach class of like this is my serious time this is when i'm like looking at those tiny tweaks to like technique and like really getting that fine tuning and like repping out like hard shit all the time and we know yeah. it works that way because that's how it works in not saying that gymnastics is our teacher but that's how it works in gymnastics you don't have the competitive girls going to open gym Generally, I feel like you have the people who screw around in class also screw around in an open gym. And if they are competitive and they do go to open gym, they're also just there to have fun with their friends. Yeah. You know, 99% of the time, I feel like they're not like, I need to get this skill and train. And like you occasionally will get someone and be like, they're there to train, but then they're still like, they're not like taking a turn every 30 seconds. They don't have that, you know, and occasionally they might go, Hey coach, could you point something out here? And then they'll train it on their own, but they don't have someone, you know, up their butt about it. So it's like, that's the difference. Yeah, it is. And like, that's one thing that's, it's even hard for like me sometimes because I want that like, that time where like those extra competitive girls can like have their own time of like, so what I did was I did like these extra classes essentially once a, once a week. And it was like the girls that I knew that wanted to get the skills would show up and they were going to take their turns and they were going to work for it. And created that environment where like they were really pushing hard because like each of them is pushing hard and like they're pushing their boundary of like what they can and can't do and they're really willing to try but then outside of that like 
during practice time, sometimes it comes to the point where like they can't because there's other people that are doing stuff. And that would be like open gym because I've seen, because we did have kids show up when we were at Hudson that were working like double folds on the floor and like one and a half punch front. And I was like, okay. And I would walk up and like, Hey, like, are you like competing? Like what's going on? And they're like, Oh, I wanted some extra practice. And like this, we, they offer open gyms here. And I was like, okay. And then you would see like a little kid run in front of them and they, right. and then they would like stop doing it. And I'm like, okay. Right. Like, it's, it's just an awkward thing. And that's, it's the same thing, but it's like, and that's how I structure my private lessons with little kids. So like, if it's a private lesson with someone else, they obviously tell me how they want to structure. But right now I've got, I've got a private lesson with like a, I think he's like maybe six and like another one who's like maybe eight to 10. And um, yeah, yeah, but they're very good. They're very, very good. That's the one I was telling you that's working backflips. They're both at the exact same level regardless of age. But because of both of their attention span, the first part of class is the warm-up. And I, during the warm-up, I'm tricking them into learning skills properly. I'm tricking them into like, okay, well, when you do this warm-up skill, I want it to look like this. And they go, okay, yeah. And then when we are actually working on the skill, then it's just default for the body. And, um, you know, yeah. and so the first half of class is basically like drill, 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 drill. And then they are like getting tired and exhausted. Then the second half of class is all right, it's just games, but the games are still teaching them, but it's a way that allows. So now they're getting the fun part of it and they're getting the strict part of it. And then they're progressing and yeah. they don't even realize they're progressing. There's just half. And so I'm just getting in their heads and it's perfect. But I think that we can do that to ourselves as adults in the sport of tricking. We can trick ourselves by creating these games, these mini games and creating this bell system that allows us to keep moving up without feeling stuck and feeling like we're in a pointless sport. Yeah. Cause that, that's kind of, like I said, it's kind of going those like one of two ways. It's either going to, there's going to become a tier system or like a structure to it, or it's going to be unstructured and it's just kind of going to be what it is right now and just kind of quote unquote free flowing. And there's going to be so many issues potentially of like where people think they're at, and then trying to figure out where they're at, not continuing because they're like, well, I can't do this. So like, I'm not good. So I don't want to keep doing that. Like, which makes sense. But if right. they have structure to it, they know where they're at and they know that there's a level above and they can like, okay, I can push for that. Right. Like, and I, I think, I think the way this all happened is that um, originally it was that way. It was like this very family unit type thing where we were all there. We were just having a good time. It was tricking. There were tricking games, but then people started to get good. People got focused. People wanted to see where it would take them. They got to this point and then that became the main focus because people saw you could get to this point. They all wanted to get to this point. And then it just got a little bit toxic. And then now it's like, okay, how do we, how do we bring it back to what it was? It not saying that's a bad aspect of it, but we need, it, yeah. it's like, we've reached that point. It needs to be implemented. How do we allow it to exist while still bringing back the good that we also had? They're, they're both good things, but they can't, you know, we need both. It's a yin and yang. One can't exist without the other side of it. And I think we're leaving the other side behind. And I think it's important to bring it along, which that's basically what all this was. Just experimental ideas of how we can bring the other side of positivity along with tricking and help it grow while still retaining all the good sides of it. Sure. All right, I do not have anything else to add to this fun conversation, but that leads into so many more conversations with coming up with a tier system that I'm now thinking about and pondering of like how it would be structured and how it would go into other things, but. Yeah, I'm so excited. If you go to my sessions on Saturdays, maybe I'll start implementing games. Let me know. (laughs) All right, on that note, we will see you guys next time. Don't forget to follow us on the underscore flip underscore side underscore podcast on Instagram. And C-H-R-I-S-P-Y underscore T-R-I-X. That's Crispy Tricks on Instagram. And I also have another YouTube channel, Tricks Fix, T-R-I-X space F-I-X for more tutorials and other things. And we'll see you guys next time.